Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How's it going? You know, doing doing big things over here. Doing big things. (laughs) Making big moves. Big moves. Um, Well, as always, I don't know what that means. As always, always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Justin Bieber lands his seventh number one album on the Billboard 200 chart and... How he beats Elvis Presley in a particularly quirky chart feat. Uh, also, news on how Dua Lipa hits number one on the Pop Songs Airplay chart and the top five on the Billboard Hot 100 with Don't Start Now. Will BTS notch its fourth straight number one on the Billboard 200 chart next week? And if so, just how big of a debut will it be? And wait, there's more. Billie Eilish's new James Bond title theme song, No Time to Die debut straight into the top 20 on the Hot 100 chart. See, what did I say? Big moves. Big moves. And on the occasion of Billy arriving in the top 20, we will be discussing why she is the perfect fit for the long-running Bond film franchise, joining such other title song singers as Paul McCartney, Madonna, and Adele. You know, those three. That's right. Plus, we're going to count down the top 10 biggest James Bond film title theme songs in the history of the Billboard Hot 100. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast... Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. Let's. 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 (laughs) First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Justin Bieber scores his seventh number one as Changes debuts atop the tally. The set earned 231,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending February 20th, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Now, Changes is Bieber's first album in more than four years, which is, considering how fast Bieber turned out albums in the early part of his career, this was a huge wait. Uh, Purpose came out uh, back in November of 2015, and it debuted, of course, at number one. Um, but it's a long wait between albums. I think the Bieber... That's a, an eternity in pop, in pop years. Yeah, in, 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 in those four, four years, Bieber would have churned out like five number ones right. back in the day. Uh, notably, uh, speaking of the quick pace at which he's earned number ones, notably at just 25 years old, uh, he's just shy of 26, Bieber is the youngest solo artist to achieve seven number one albums. He actually turns 26 on March 1st, so early, uh, 
early happy birthday to Justin. Mm -hmm. Previously, the youngest soloist to land seven number ones was Elvis Presley, who logged his seventh number one of a total of 10 when he was just 26 years and 11 months old with Blue Hawaii uh, in December of 1961. And I... By the way, I keep saying soloist because the Beatles got their seventh number one when they were all a little bit younger than Justin Wow. Bieber. Like, George Harrison was the youngest person in the Beatles, and he was like 22 and wow. changed when they had their seventh number one. Oh, man. Baby. Phenoms. Baby. Um, all right, next up, uh, Bieber will likely step aside from number one on the Billboard 200 next week. As industry forecasters predict BTS will blast in at number one, with its new album, Map of the Soul 7. Now, prognosticators suggest that the album, which was released on February 21st, could earn around 300,000 units or more in the week ending February 27th in the United States. Uh, and the vast majority of that will be album sales, incredibly. Um, if Map of the Soul 7 starts at number one, it will mark the fourth number one for BTS and the fourth number one in a row for the South Korean pop group. All right, next on the Pop Songs Airplay chart, friend of the podcast, Dua Lipa, lands her second number one as Don't Start Now rises from number two to number one in its 16th week yeah. on the chart. Yeah, Dua. Uh, it follows her previous chart topper, New Rules, uh, which spent four weeks at number one back in 2018. Uh, fun fact. Um, well, I'll get to the really fun fact in a second. The song, which was released on Warner Records, is the lead single from Dua's second album, Future Nostalgia, which is due out on April 3rd. I hear Warner Records, and I feel like I know where this fun fact is going. Fun fact! <laughs> fun fact! Now, Dua is the first female artist on the label, which is formerly known as Warner Brothers Records, with multiple number ones on the pop songs chart since it began in 1992. The only other woman to top the tally with a Warner single at all was Madonna, whose Take a Bow led the chart for five weeks oh, in 1995. Love that song so much. Now, granted, if the chart existed previous to 1992, Madonna certainly would have had number ones More back in that. the 80s. But, yes. you know, we didn't have this chart until 1992. So it's it's it pretty. It's, I think it's pretty incredible that Dua is just the first woman on Warner. Since Madonna. The first, yeah, the first woman on Warner. The first... <laughs> single on Warner Records from a woman to hit number one since Madonna and the only one to do it twice. Yeah. And I think I think that's a cool trumpet to tout. No. That's a trumpet to horn? No. Um, I think it's good for them to toot. I think it's good for Warner to toot their horn. I just feel like I want to let you. <laughs> just keep. You, well, you and I both. Or Kevin and Bean listeners, and the whole, they were always not allowed to help each other out. And I, I definitely just enjoyed watching uh, Keith as he drowned. <laughs> oh, the, I'll be nicer the, next time. The shovel and the toot and the horn and the beep. Um, because you always hear so much about, you know, like Interscope Records and RCA Records and Atlantic. And I think it's great that uh, Warner has uh, found such great success with Dua. Totally. And, and New Rules wasn't a fluke. Um, you know, they have another hit with Don't Start Now. Not only another hit. It's another... her first top five hit on that 100. Thank you, Katie, for moving me <laughs> along here. Um, Don't Start Now rises six to five on the Billboard Hot 100, marking Dua's highest charting single ever. Surpassing the number six peak of new rules back in 2018. Congratulations, do I? I love this song doing big things because it's such a good song. Um, lastly, on the Hot 100, Billie Eilish's No Time to Die 
The title song of the upcoming James Bond film debuts at number 16. It's the highest charting Bond theme since Adele's Skyfall, which debuted and peaked at number 8 back in October of 2012. Well, speaking of Mr. Bond, James Bond, that is, Eilish, Billy Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about why Billy makes so much sense for the Bond franchise. Now, the Bond film series has been going strong since 1962, and its latest release, No Time to Die, the 25th film in the series, will hit U.S. theaters on April 10th. So an incredible array of A-list stars have had the opportunity to sing a Bond title theme song in the past, from Paul McCartney and Madonna to Adele and Duran Duran. Uh, And with that said, first, before we get into why like Billy is perfect... Why is doing a Bond theme song even something seen as valuable or as important? Um, I think, one, you tie it into sort of the history and the legacy of the Bond franchise. It's been around for decades. And I think as a child or as a parent or as a grandparent, it has been something that you have probably watched in a theater. You have your own favorite Bond. Oh, mine's Sean Connery. I like Roger Moore, but Daniel Craig is amazing. Or like you've seen... One film, at least. Or just one. You know? So you like, have a touchstone. Yeah, exactly. So you have some sort of pop cultural touchstone to it. Yeah. Um, also, it's just an incredible promotional opportunity since the song itself plays in its entirety at the yeah. opening of the film. You are in front of hundreds of millions of people in movie theaters all in like one weekend. Yep. Like, if that isn't incredible promo, I don't know what is. Yeah, the Adele music video that starts Skyfall. <laughs> or, you know, after the big action sequence yeah. that starts it. Yes. And there was no... And Skyfall didn't even have, like, an official music video. It didn't. It just had, like, a lyrics video. But then they made one and put it in the movie. Effectively, yeah. <laughs> um, And hey, you could even win an Academy Award, as the last two Bond title songs have done. Sam Smith's Writings on the Wall and Adele's Skyfall. And what... Billie Eilish needs more of is awards. Yeah, sure. Just throw another (laughs) one at her. Okay, so let's get into why we think Billie specifically is the perfect fit. Um, I think, I mean, I think when you think of Bond, you have to think of the attributes of Bond and the film series. So you want something cool. I think you want something edgy. I think you, you want someone that has the right vibe of either the movie or maybe the of, of the actor playing Bond or something that kind of evokes the spirit of Bond. Um, and so she's, you probably think that this movie is, is going to be maybe on the moodier side if you, yeah. if you enlist Billy and Phineas to write this song. I mean, it is Daniel Craig's last uh, go at playing James Bond. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for the character? Could it be a darker film? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, granted, Die is in the title of the film, but then again, Die is always in the title of the film. <laughs> Die another day. No time to die. Live and let die. Die, die, die. Maybe black liquid is going to come pouring out of James Bond's eyes, like in Billy's video, music video. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and also I, the fact that, you know, I think I think specific to um, Bond in general, um, Billy appeals to young fans. And I think that can bring in another audience mm-hmm. to James Bond because it has been I think five years now since the last Bond film. Billy literally just turned 18. There is probably a whole swath of her fans that has not seen a Bond film yet. And yeah. this would be the first one that brought them in because of Billy. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I think these are all the things the producers of the Bond franchise are thinking about. They're trying to find, like, the sort of the Goldilocks selection. Yeah. Like, who is just the perfect fit? I mean, yep. there were, and speaking of, you know, uh, 
tying it back to what we said earlier about Dua Lipa, there were rumblings that Dua was in the mm. running for, for the Bond theme. And she might have been, as we will talk about later. There's a lot of like near misses with the Bond franchise as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, I kind of think um, sort of her youthful appeal is, is kind of like how um, Duran Duran was picked back in 1985 for A View to a Kill. Um, incredibly hot band at the time with incredible youth appeal. Um, that made a great, edgy, fun pop song. And I think that really contrasted with the star of the Bond movie at the time, Roger Moore, who was rather old for Bond at the time. And I think perhaps the producers thought, we've got a really old Bond. How do we bring in the kids? We already got the old crowd. How do we get the young crowd? How do we get the kids in here? I don't know. Duran Duran. I hear they're hot. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Billy, on the other hand, is even younger. um, And her Bond opportunity, so to speak comes even like earlier in her career than it did with Duran Duran. Um, so yeah, I, I just think I just think she's a really, really good pick. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think we'll know even more once we see this movie and see like how the song fits. Yeah. You know, because I keep coming back to Adele Skyfall, but the way that fit with the vibe of that movie was also, you know, just perfect. Yeah, and also they were really... Um, the song Skyfall, like um, notes of it and sort of bits of the um, sort of underlying the theme of the musical theme what recurred throughout yes. the film, um, which also, of course, helps it. I mean, the fact that it was just a doubt. Well, and Hans Zimmer worked on this one with Billy and Phineas. True. So I can imagine that that's going to happen in this film as well. It's interesting. I mean, you know, with with I Bond say composer Hans Zimmer with Bond themes, you can either kind of go for sort of the tried and true. You like big strings and big horns and big sort of like ballad bombast or you can kind of go with something a little bit unique and different and i think billy is kind of straddling that more subdued more subdued mm-hmm. a little bit weird um you know kind of actually weird in a way that the unused radiohead specter song was hey there's one of those songs that didn't quite happen they ultimately went with sam smith writings on the wall right um but i think maybe they thought let's find something to bridge that sort of traditional with a little bit edgy and I think that's how they landed on Billy and I think you know she did a really good job considering it's probably very difficult to pull these things off as Phineas told us on the, on Pop, Shop the Pop Shop podcast a few weeks ago so um she performed it for the first time at the Brit Awards last <coughs> week and but how is the song being received so far like have uh we we now have some numbers in right yeah I mean it's already top 20 on the Billboard Hot 100 could it become as popular um, as such beloved Bond classics as Shirley Bassey's Goldfinger. Well, time will tell. But in the meantime, we've put together a top 10 uh, biggest Bond songs of all time on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, the biggest Bond title theme songs. Um, and as usual, our ranking is based on actual performance on the weekly Hot 100 chart uh, from its launch in 1958 up through uh, last week's chart. You know, we're going to hold off on how seeing how Billy does. We're going to give her some time. It's Indeed. not fair to just give her one week. And... I mean, a top 20 debut is nothing to sniff at. Yeah, but let's wait. Let's wait till it has its chart run. So this is just for everything that's come before, before Billy. Before Billy. And of course, songs are ranked on a, 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 a here I am with the trumpet again, ba- <laughs> based on an inverse point system with weeks at number one or, you know, the top 10 earning the greatest value and weeks at number 100 earning the least. And of course, due to changes in the chart methodology over the years, certain eras of the chart are weighted differently to account for chart turnover rates over various periods. Um, Does this run through your head when you're trying to fall asleep at night? Yep. That boilerplate? Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. At number 10 on our all-time Bond countdown is Nancy Sinatra's You Only Live Twice, 
from the film of the same name. Let's take a listen. You only Okay, You Only Live Twice is from, of course, the film of the same name we just said, and the track peaked at number 44 on the Hot 100 back in 1967. Now, Sinatra had previously topped the Hot 100 twice with These Boots Are Made For Walkin' in 1966 and, something stupid, a duet with her dad, Frank Sinatra, you may have heard of him, hmm. in 1967. I feel like You Only Live Twice sounds like an Austin Powers title. <laughs> Like not an actual sincere movie title. Yeah, there's a lot of Bond themes. Uh, bond, bond names are like that. I love it. Moving on at number nine, we have Rita Coolidge's All Time High. And you guys all know this song, but here's a taste just in case. We're an all-time high. We'll change all that's gone before. All right, of course, I'm totally joking. I did not know this song before I heard it, Um, you know, right then <laughs> with all of you. Don't mind me. Okay. Now, All Time High bucks the tradition of having the song be the title song of a Bond film, as All Time High was the companion theme to 1983's Octopussy. Now, why wasn't there a hit song called Octopussy, for Octopussy. God's sake? Octopussy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah. I, I would have liked to have heard that, though. Uh, All Time High peaked at number 36 on the Hot 100, and it followed such previous hits for Coolidge as... Your Love Has Lifted Me Higher and Higher, a number two hit back in 1977. Next at number eight, we've got Tom Jones with Thunderball. Hit it, Tom. So he strikes like Thunderball. Okay, Thunderball reached number 25 on the Hot 100 back in 1966 and came less than a year after Jones had his smash debut on the Hot 100 with the number 10 hit, it's not unusual. Of course Tom Jones did a Bond song. Yeah, of course he did. Uh, at number seven, we have Adele with Skyfall. And here's a sample. Let the sky fall so Skyfall debuted and peaked at number eight on the Hot 100. And as we previously mentioned, it won Adele the Academy Award for Best Original Song. It is one of two Oscar-winning Bond themes. And we also mentioned Sam Smith's writing is on the wall from Spectre, which took home the award as like a few, just a few years later. Yeah. 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 Um, at number six, we've got, hey, Madonna <laughs> with Die Another Day. And here's a bit of the Queen of Pop. Okay. Die Another Day was Madonna's 35th top 10 single on the Hot 100 chart peaking at number eight back in 2002. And at the time, it was the first Bond tune to reach the top 10 or even chart, for that matter, since back in 1985. But more on that in just a moment. Next up at number five, it's the iconic Goldfinger. Gold <laughs> we got to practice that by Shirley Bassey. Let's take a listen. Goldfinger. He's the man. Goldfinger reached number eight on the Hot 100 in 1965, and impressively, Bassie is the only artist to sing more than one Bond theme. She's actually done it three times. <laughs> you know, if it ain't broke, you know. I mean, she kind of could do all of them, sure. you know. Um, in addition to Goldfinger, she also did Diamonds Are Forever, famously sampled by Kanye West a few years back, and Moonraker, both from the films of the same name. You know, I don't actually know Moonraker. 
I'm, I'm wondering. Rayka. I don't think it goes that way. I don't think it does. We all know diamonds are forever. But you just though. heard. Oh, you didn't hear it. Never mind. You heard Goldfinger. No, we heard Goldfinger. Oh, God. All right. Well, we've hit the top four. And here's Sheena Easton with For Your Eyes Only. Let's take a listen. Fun fact, uh, when J. Cole debuted at number one with his album For Your Eyes Only a couple years ago, I could not help myself every week on the pop shop saying, is it like Sheena Easton's For Your Eyes Only? And Katie's like, what? Probably not. (laughs) All right. So the Oscar nominated For Your Eyes Only peaked at number four on the Hot 100 back in 1981 and came hot on the heels of Easton's debut Hot 100 hit earlier that year, Morning Train 9 to 5, which spent two weeks at number one. And uh, both of these hits uh, helped Easton win the Grammy Award for Best New Artist of 1981. I mean, you know, not directly, but the fact that she had such a big 1981 year, which included a Bond theme and a number one hit, all kind of helped. It didn't hurt. didn't hurt. At number three, we've got Wings, Live and Let Die. Here is a sample. Say live and let die. Live and let die. Live and let die. Live and Let Die, performed by Paul McCartney and his band Wings, was the first Bond song to garner an Oscar nomination for Best Original Song. While it didn't win, it did lay claim to being the highest charting Bond song on the Hot 100 at the time, peaking at number two in 1973. And Katie's seen this song a lot. Oh, man, did I ever. Fireworks, Pyro, and Pierce Brosnan himself in the crowd at the Paul McCartney show. Too bad it was the wrong Bond for the song. Listen, I'll take any Bond. (laughs) Any Bond, any day. (laughs) Um, All right, we're in the top two now on our Bond countdown, and we've got Carly Simon's Nobody Does It Better. Let's take a listen. Nobody does it better. Now, you may be wondering, wait, is there a Bond film titled Nobody Does It Better? And you're right, there isn't. No. The song is the companion track to the film The Spy Who Loved Me. So why didn't she just call it The Spy Who Loved Me? I don't know why. But funny enough, there is actually a lyric in the song that does say The Spy Who Loved Me. So really, why didn't they just call it The Spy Who Loved Me, parenthetical, nobody does it better. Keith's got questions. Because that's the whole, like the whole point is you're supposed to, it's supposed to be the name of the movie. And sometimes the name of the movie itself presents you a challenge in songwriting. Right. Clearly it did with Sam Smith. He decided not to call it Spectre. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, Well, Nobody Does It Better, which was another Oscar nominee for Best Original Song, peaked at number two on the Hot 100. Um, And finally... I don't know why I've assigned this to myself. I should have gone back to Katie. Katie, you want to do this one? Yeah, let me take it. All right. And finally, the number one Bond song of all time on the Hot 100 is Duran Duran's A View to a Kill. Here is a sample. Until we dance into the fire, that fatal kiss is all we So A View to a Kill remains the only Bond song ever to hit number one on the Hot 100 topping the list back in 1985. It was the second number one hit for the band following The Reflex in 1984. So there you have it, the top 10 biggest Bond songs of all time on the Hot 100. (coughs) Did your favorite make the list? Are you still angry that Tina Turner's Goldeneye didn't even chart on the Hot 100? 
So is Keith. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, well, I uh, hope you enjoyed that top 10 countdown. Do you agree with us? Uh, do you think Billy is the perfect fit for Bond like we do? Yeah, let us know. Tweet us. Do you also think Adele should do another Bond song like I do? Katie is convinced <laughs> that Adele should be the new Shirley Bassey. I mean, is that so far-fetched? Skyfall is so good. And the fact that she was able to write a song called Skyfall. Yeah. Like, it, you... In the Skyfall. Because well, she, she made it, she always made it like she turned it into two words. Right. Like, let the sky fall. Mm-hmm. Even though in the movie... It's one word. It's one word. Yeah. Trixie Adele. That's this is what I'm talking about. Sign her up for the next one, Barbara Broccoli. You know, <laughs> producer of the Bond series. <laughs> I think it's something different back in the 60s and the 70s when it it didn't quite become the thing that it's become now. Yeah. And also the gap between Bond songs is I think too large. Yeah. That might be kind of hard to do. We'll see. But who could be the next Bond person? Someone we probably Adele. literally it's probably someone who has yet to even release a song. Well, in Billy's case, she was barely born last time Bond came out. She was definitely born. <laughs> but I don't think she even released any music at that point. Yeah. So right now the very the person who does the next Bond theme could be someone who actually has yet to record Is a single in song. The nascent stages of their career making music in their bedroom with their brother. There yes. Or it's a YouTuber. <laughs> yes, or that. Well, okay, with all that said, we have now reached the end of our big Bond show. Um, any final, final parting words, Katie? Do you I, have a... I was thinking I really wish Amy Winehouse had ever done a Bond song. Like Tony Bennett could be a great one. Oh, that could still happen. Uh, we could still have Madonna do another one. Maybe we should listen to that Amy Winehouse-Tony Bennett duet that happened. Okay, so what song should we go out on that we haven't heard That's yet? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> The the Tony Bennett Amy song? Winehouse duet. Yeah. Um that famous song. <laughs> no. That wasn't we, a Bond theme. We happened to mention both of them in the same breath. It's called Body and Soul and it's from the album Duets too. Sure, why not? All right, see you guys next time. Bye. Body and Soul. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Barapapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado.